Okay. If you've got your Bibles, could you open them please and turn to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. This morning I feel a combination of well-prepared and ill-prepared. So, the journey I've been on to this morning, I probably have the equivalent of about four different sermons prepared. Uh, and in that, I think sometimes God takes us somewhere and you really like, actually this really feels right. But God takes you there to take you then somewhere else. But you have to go to that first place first, if that makes sense. You kind of get to that German. So, so I think... The one I finished writing this morning would be the one that I say now, unless God wants to take me elsewhere. That's fine. I mean, this morning as well, I thought I'd get up early and have a good amount of time to spend with it, but um, the children... Yeah. There's children. I live with children, so life's a bit different. I got here late. Sam was probably thinking, let's hold off starting the meeting until the peaks here, otherwise I might get to... But, um, but we're here now. God is good. God is faithful. And you know what? I could be fretting. I could be panicking. I could be, God, I had this time set aside. I didn't get it with you this morning. Um, but actually, God is good and he is faithful. And that's what we've been singing this morning. And I'm, I'm confident that God wants to speak to us this morning. So if you've turned to Acts 2, 42 to 47, I'm just going to read it out to us. It says this. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together, and had all things in common. My goodness, the fans blowing my Bible open. Sorry. And they were selling their possessions and belongings, and distributing the proceeds to all, as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favour with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day, uh, added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So we've been in this passage for a few weeks now, uh, and and actually it does us really good sometimes just to sit in a passage. I love to preach through a book and work our way through a book, but actually sometimes it's really valuable just to take a small section of a book and to really delve into it, to to hear the words of truth again and again. Because scripture, as we meditate on it, as we give ourselves to thinking about it, changes the way that our mind works, changes the way that we think. It helps us become more Christ-like in the way that we think. And it conforms us to God's ways and to God's patterns of living. So that passage that we just read describes the life of the early church and just after the Spirit has come in power upon them at Pentecost. In week one of this series, Sam really helpfully helped us, helpfully helped, understand that the word devoted, so this is the theme of our series, devotion, what was the early church devoted to? Because we want to devote ourselves to the same things. And the word devoted could be uh, taken as being glued to something, being stuck to something. Now, if we want to stick two things together, what we have to do is we have to get the things, we have to put them together, but we also need something in between, don't we? Oh, wow, that's really good. Well done. In fact, you've stuck that together, haven't you? A good example. Very good, Isaac. Well done. So what Isaac's done is he's got some glue, he's stuck it between the tissue paper and the paper, pressed them together, and held them. Now... 
I don't know if you ever do any DIY or something like that, but if you tried like, using no more nails to put up a shelf, if you don't hold it in place long enough, the shelf will become wonky because the weight will put it down or it will even come off the wall. But the point that I'm getting at is glue takes a while to bond. Okay? It takes a while to adhere. So these things, when we look at devoted, we want to be devoted to the things that the early church was devoted to, the apostles' teaching, the breaking of bread, the fellowship and prayer. What We need to spend time with these things in such a way that they cure, that, that, that they bond to us. Okay? It's not necessarily easy. It takes time. Okay? It's a bit, a bit like a habit. So my dog, I've got Hector, a cockapoo, feels smiling. He's encountered my dog last night. Um, he's a bit crazy because he's got cock spaniel in him. Uh, and if anyone that comes through the front door, he might sit for a second with his bottom wiggling on the floor, but then he will come and jump at you, okay? And it's a bad habit. It's a habit. Every time he does it, and particularly when he does it and people pet him while he's doing it, it's reinforcing that habit. It's just making it, it's going to happen more and more and more and more. So we're trying to teach him that when people come in the house to stay seated, and actually you get attention when you're staying seated. And, and the aim is for that to become a good habit, for that to become natural, for that to be, become the place where as soon as the door's knocked, he just sits there waiting. Doesn't have to think about it. He's not doing it for a treat at that point. It's become a natural habit. And this is what we want prayer to be. This is what we want the breaking of bread to be for us, the apostles' teaching um, and fellowship. And so, as it's become clear, I'm focusing on prayer this morning. You know, and we're all human, aren't we? I think often when we hear people talk about prayer, we talk about how it doesn't come necessarily easily, how it's difficult, how it's a, it can be a struggle. We, we often hear people say, actually, I'll leave that for the intercessors. It's not really for me. But i tell you what we don't often hear is people talking about how God says that his church is to be a place of prayer for all people. We hear that bit kind of semi-often. We don't hear the bit before it that says a place of joy. I will bring you to to the house of prayer, and it will be a place of joy for you. I will make you joyful in prayer, basically. Okay? So we're going to get there and unpack that. But if God is saying that his will for us is to be a place of prayer, and there's to be joy to be found in it, some of us actually might have some things to repent of, or some wrong thinking that we need to unpack. We might need help from other people with that. We might need to be praying about it. We might be confessing stuff to God about it. But actually, if God's heart is clearly for his people to be a praying people and that there's joy to be found in it, doesn't mean it is going to be easy. Okay? In Colossians 4, we see uh, Paul says to the um, Colossian church, uh, be steadfast in prayer, be watchful in prayer. And then later on, he jumps to Epaphras, who first preached the gospel to them, where they got saved. Uh, and he says, Epaphras is wrestling in his prayers for you. And the actual word for wrestling there is strenuously wrestling. So it's, it's not easy, okay? It's not necessarily easy. But actually, it's something God calls us to. And it's, it's really, really important. You can read about the. Have you, yeah, you can read about Brother Lawrence in the practice of the presence of God. So he was a, a lay monk in the mid-17th century in Paris, 
And he became famous um, for being known as someone who lived continuously, pretty much, knowing the presence of God. He lived continuously in prayer. Okay? He would say for him, there was no difference between working in the monastery, in the kitchen, that was his job, to set aside times of prayer. He, he engaged with the God fully in everything that he did. His heart was that I want to do all things for the glory of God. I want to do all things out of love for God. And he, he took it so extreme that actually if he dropped a carrot on the floor, he would say, actually, I want to pick this up for the love of God. Okay, he took it extreme. But actually, there are lessons to be learned, though. There are lessons to be learned that actually, if we give ourselves to these things, if we devote ourselves to God in prayer, to seeking his presence, God is faithful. If we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. What Joan was saying earlier this morning of how if we come to him in faith and we ask him to fill us with his spirit, he will do, he will meet us. Interestingly though, with Brother Lawrence, it, it took him like 10 years of continually giving himself to that in the ministry. And it says it wasn't easy, it was hard, it was difficult, it was a journey. And you know what, actually, in terms of prayer, we will never fully get there. It's never going to become completely easy, completely joyful, but it's a journey. But it's a journey that God has got for all of us, that he's calling us all to be on together. That language that the church is to be known as a place of prayer, a house of prayer for all people. Well, who is the church? It's all of us, aren't we? We're each living stones built together. The church, we're each called to be known for prayer. So many testimonies that I've come across of people who we would think of as being, I guess, intercessors in prayer, famous for prayer, who we look to and we think, oh, they, they seem to find prayer easy, actually would say, it's, it's, it's hard, it's challenging. Um, I've said it before, Timothy Keller. Um, so he's a really well-known scholar. He's a great preacher. And he says that he's found more fruit from dedicated time to prayer than he has through actually specifically preparing preachers. But he said it took two years of him seeing the need for prayer and continually daily with his wife giving himself to prayer before he noticed noticeable fruit in it. But since that point, there has been more and more and more fruit. And I've come across testimonies like that again and again. But it's important to note as well, if we come back to Acts chapter 2, that from what the early church devoted themselves to, there was fruit. So in verse 43, it says, All came upon every soul. Again in verse 43, it says, Many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. In verse 47, it says that they were have, the church was having favour with all the people. And then again in verse 47, it says that the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. That's kingdom fruit. God is at work. And you know, all these different things, being devoted to prayer, devoted to fellowship, devoted to the apostles' teaching, um, devoted to the breaking of bread, all these different things, in essence, are saying being devoted to God. 
They're saying being devoted to Jesus. As Paul says, I count all things as lost compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. He says, I count all the things that I used to count as priority as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Uh, I've been on a training course uh, called, to do with church, to do with eldership called Shepherds. And one of the guys there um, was sharing with us how he went through cancer. And it was a really hard, difficult time uh, for him. And he got to the place, it was really stuck with me, it almost bringing me to tears, where all he could do was put one hand inside the other hand and just say, God, Christ, I thank you that I'm in you. Christ, I thank you that I'm in you. I thank you that I'm in you. That's all he could do. And that brought him joy. It brought him strength and grace. And that's what got him through. So spirit-filled devotion produces kingdom fruit. God's intention has to always be intimate with his people. Okay? I think... We've heard it a couple of times this morning already that, you know what, I'm confident God really wants to meet with us this morning. You know, we can say that every day. Because yeah. we, what we do is we look to the cross. It's really good that it was said this morning. It's so helpful. It's a really helpful reminder. But Jesus went to... God, the Father, sent the Son to the cross to die for us that we might be brought into his family. He's not then going to neglect us He's not then going to not want to talk to us. He's not then not going to want to be intimate with us. But he is not. He's, he sent his Holy Spirit to be in our hearts that we might cry, Abba, Father. God is calling us to intimacy. He wants to be intimate with us. As I prayed out earlier this morning, all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. This is part of our inheritance as being Christians, is having God's Spirit leading us. And, you know, God speaks to us in different ways. Some of us, God speaks to primarily straight directly through the Bible. I think for all of us, this is our authority for how God speaks to us. But also other people, God speaks a lot to through nature. Some people, God speaks a lot to through films. Like, I'd love to be one of those people who sits down and watches a film and be like, wow, like... Shawshank Redemption. So many people absolutely love that film and it's a great film. But some people sit down and watch it and just bring out wonderful, amazing gospel truths. I'm like, yeah, it's a good film. And I, and I don't... Yeah. But, but it's amazing, isn't it? God speaks to different people in different ways. Don't neglect the Bible. We're to be devoted to this. Okay, that's so important. But we need to also be aware how does God speak to us as well in other ways and give time to that. So what is prayer for a Christian well, I guess it's very very basic it's talking to God and listening to him it's children opening up their, opening up their hearts to father, to their father speaking to him opening up their ears and their hands to hear and receive Okay? Prayer is not just talking. It's listening and it's receiving. Matthew 7, 7 to 8 says this. This is Jesus. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock 
and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. That's very definite, isn't it? This is gospel truth. Like, this is absolute truth. We can take that, we can believe it, we can proclaim it, we can live by it. God is saying, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. This comes in the context of the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus teaching us to pray. Start praying, our Father. It's about relationship. It's about children coming to a father. It goes on in verses 9 and 11. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? God longs to connect with you. He longs to talk to you. He longs to spend time with you. He wants to be the centre of your life. A good father delights in spending time with his children. Delights in teaching his children. Delights in giving good gifts to his children. God is calling us to be devoted to prayer. He's calling us to a life where we ask, where we seek, and where we knock. Prayer is not passive. It's active. All of these are verbs. This this can also be translated as keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. It's an ongoing thing. Like we're called, we heard not that long ago again, didn't we, about the call for us to be continually filled with the Spirit. And that's so important. So, so important. And that feeds all of these things. That's, that's the life, that's the power, that's the grace of God at work. In fact, we're told, aren't we? We don't know how to pray how we ought to pray. But it's through the Spirit of God. Through the Spirit at work in us. He guides us. He leads us. As I said earlier, all who are sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. And that's the same in our prayer life. We want to be led by the Spirit of God in our prayer life. So as we come as children to our Heavenly Father in prayer, we will receive good gifts from our Heavenly Father. For the one who asks, what happens? He receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who keeps knocking, the door is opened. James 4.2 says, you do not have because you do not ask. I wonder how many things we've missed out on at times in our lives because we, we haven't asked. Do you know, sometimes I go through a situation or something at home and it's been a stressful day and you suddenly get to that point and you're just like, why haven't I prayed about it? It didn't even pop into my head. Sometimes it's the first thing that you do. We've got the children in with us today and I was, I was thinking actually, how, how can I have what I share? How do I make it so that the children can hear what I'm saying and take things away from it? And do you know what? Actually, I really felt God say the most important thing this morning is that 
us as adults hear this and we model it. Okay, we need to disciple our children. I'm really hoping and I've got faith that some of the children here this morning or the children here this morning will be hearing what God wants them to hear this morning. But actually, and it's not actually just that, we disciple each other in it as well. It's so, so, so important. Now when my kids fall over, the first thing they want to do is pray. If they hurt themselves, they want to pray. When we go to bed, I'm not allowed to pray first anymore. They have to pray. Um, If they're saying grace for dinner, if they both say it at the same time, one of them will start crying and say, it's not fair. It's like, well, actually, God can hear you both at the same time. But, do you you know, that, that comes from discipleship. It comes from being intentional. And we need to be, there's, there's, there's no good just, do you know what, it's not, even with the dog. So, good old Hector. It's so easy to say, children, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, do this. And then five minutes later, I'm like, wait a second. I'm doing what I told them not to do. Okay? If he's in his bed, you don't touch him. That comes from me as well. Not just for the kids. But you get, it's so easy to, to, to say, to talk the walk, to talk the talk, but not walk the walk. But we need to do both. It's so vital. Children see and hear so much more than we think. They pick up on it. There's been the amount of times I've, I've said things to my children, and I thought, oh, we saw a rainbow the other day. I can't remember if I've shared this before or not. Uh, and I was like, oh, this is an opportunity. I was like, oh, Ezra, can you remember what a rainbow's for? And then we prayed, and, well, I prayed. In all honesty, he wasn't paying any attention to me at all. Or so it seems. Then five minutes later, he went and found his mummy and said, look, there's a rainbow still there. Let's pray. He, he took it in, even though I didn't think he was paying attention. So you do not have because you do not ask. We could go on to talk about you do not ask, you do not receive because you ask wrongly. But you know what? I think the most important thing right now for us to be concentrating on is let's get asking. Let's get asking. Let's get asking. And as we're led by the Holy Spirit in our asking, I don't think our asking is going to go too far wrong. Particularly if we're devoted to Scripture, if we're devoted to fellowship with one another, the breaking of bread, if we're devoted to Christ, I don't think we're going to go too far wrong with our asking. And if we do, God will show us, or by his grace, he will show us through those around us. So let's not be scared that we're asking wrongly so that we don't don't ask. But if you're not sure about something that you can ask, speak to someone. Okay? Speak to someone, well, speak to someone who who you look up to as a Christian. Don't just speak to a random person. So God is calling us to lives of intimacy of him. Being devoted, spending time with him, talking with him, seeking, knocking, listening, receiving, finding, opening doors. Okay? So it's not just the one. It's not just the talking. It's not just the asking. It's not just the knocking. It's not just the seeking. We then also have to be looking to receive. We come with open hands to receive. Seeking, we have to be looking to see what God is doing. Responding to that as well in our prayers. I'm going through the doors that God opens. John 16. I know there's a lot of verses this morning. 
23, 24 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, this is Jesus again, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. He will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Jesus picks up on the joy. Um, on Tuesday, one of the jobs where I was out on my gardener, um, I went around uh, John and Claire's house, and the trying to think, two Sundays before that, John had been having some, a difficult week at work. He was just sharing it with me. And you know what? God, I felt this is an opportunity to pray. I prayed with him. He shared with me later on that week that his work week had been a lot better than the week before. Then uh, at Little Angels uh, Children's Group on Monday, John's, evidently John's back was really bad. It's causing him to, to walk funny, sorry John. But um, like, you could just tell he was in so much pain. And I said, John, let's pray for you. I prayed for him. I said, does it feel any better? From the look on his face, I could tell it didn't. I was like, let's pray again. And then I could see from the look on his face that it didn't necessarily feel any better. But then the next day, um, when I was at his house gardening, his wife Claire came out to me and said, oh, by the way, Pete, John's back. Felt noticeably better by the end of the day. You know what? God is good. He didn't answer the prayer exactly how I wanted him to answer it. Uh, I spoke to John this morning quickly, and he said that, that, yeah, it's been doing a lot better still since. You know, God is good. God is good. But this... There needs to be a culture in our church. If we're devoted to prayer, there will be a culture of prayer. We will be looking for these opportunities. Because this is, it's not just, it's, not, it's about loving one another. It is about loving one another. Okay? And this, this is part of the way we love one another, is ministering Christ Jesus to one another. Looking to see, as Jesus said, I only do as I see my Father in heaven doing. Okay? That's part of what we do in prayer, is we're seeing what our Father in heaven is doing, and we're responding to that. So coming back to the passage of Isaiah, Isaiah 56, verse 6 to 7, it says, And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him, so that's talking about people that were outside of the people of Israel. So this is after, after the um, people come back from Babylon. To minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants. So all things that we're called to. Everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not refrain it and holds fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain. So God is saying that those that love him, that minister to him, that hold fast to him, that serve him, he will bring to his holy mountain. He will bring to the place of his presence. The holy mountain is a place of presence, it's a place of worship of God. And make them joyful in my house of prayer. That didn't even stand out to me before. My house is God's house. God wants to bring the foreigners. Now, we know the gospel now is for everyone, isn't it? It's for the mystery of God has been revealed. It's not just for Jews, it's for all of us. Okay, God wants to bring it all, God sent his son that all people may be saved, okay? And he wants to make us joyful in his house of prayer.
Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. You know what? That's really on my heart for us as a church, actually. We've got such a great opportunity as uh, with all the new housing estates going up that, that our town is going to become more and more diverse. And my, my, my prayer, my heart longing is that we as a church become more and more diverse, representing different cultures, representing many different people groups. Because this is God's church, this is God's house of prayer. This is God's heart. It's a really, truly beautiful picture of the church in that passage in Isaiah. So the journey isn't easy on prayer. Okay, being devoted to prayer takes time. Think about being glued to something, letting the glue bond. It takes time. It takes being deliberate. It takes effort. You can't really say if you're a Christian, prayer isn't for me, because it's God's will. Sometimes we're looking for God's will, aren't we? Sometimes we're like, God, what is your will for my life? I can tell you prayer is one of the things that God has for you in your life. But we know, we do not know how to pray as we all. We look to him. We look for his spirit to be at work in us, in it? And it's a journey, it's a journey of faith. But we know also it's a journey of joy. So coming back to that, that story that I was sharing about praying for John. You know, actually on Tuesday, I was, at that moment myself, I wasn't in, a, in the best of places. I wasn't in a really bad place, but I was just really tired, had a lot going on. Um, and do you know what? I left so happy, so, so happy, because, that, because God had moved. God had answered our prayer and moved in John's life and that brought joy to me. That brought joy to me. So the more we ask for, the more we receive and the more joyful we will be. I just want to make some time uh, to, to pray. Sorry if I've gone slightly over time-wise. If you really struggle with prayer, if you um, find it difficult, if you want to just grow in prayer, maybe you've been believing lies that tell you that prayer isn't for you and that you'll never find it joyful. I just encourage you to take a bold step of faith and to stand up. Okay? The reason why I say that is sometimes that's what we need to do. It's not a case of people looking at you. It's not a case of people seeing. But it's a case of sometimes we need to take a step towards God and trust that as you draw near to him he will draw near to you so I just 
encourage everyone to shut your eyes. And then, if that's been you, if that's spoken to you, in fact, you don't even have to stand up, but can you raise a hand? Can you just repeat again who that was specific? Yep, yeah. So if you really struggle with prayer, if you don't think that you, if you don't find joy in it, if you believe, if you've been believing the lie that prayer isn't for you, then I just encourage you to raise your hand. Come cool. on. Right, I'm just going to pray for us all now. And but particularly with those that are hands in the air. God, I thank you that your word is truth. Lord, I thank you that your word is like seeds that are sown and that when they find fertile soil, they grow and they produce fruit. Lord, and I pray for each and every person here, Lord, particularly those of our hands up right now, Lord. I just pray that you will bring freedom in prayer. Lord God, I pray that you will bring faith for prayer. Lord God, I pray that there will be an unlocking Lord, in people's hearts and minds for prayer. Lord, I pray that lies of the enemy, that we're, no, that, that, that we're not to be prayers, lies of the enemy, that, that I, I can't pray, lies of the enemy, that say that I'll never find joy in prayer, prayers for others, for, for, for those gifted in it. Lord, we just renounce those lies now. And Lord, we pray, let them be replaced with truth. That we are your house, a place of prayer for all people. Thank you, God, that you are with us now. Lord, bless us today, we pray. Help us to see you more. Help us to taste you more. Help us to be more fully devoted to you in all things, we pray. Amen.